0: Title lesson today is The Seven Deadly Rings. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to tell you what it's about yet. So, when I look at my current state, I could say I'm not spiritual, I'm not healthy, I'm not self controlled, I'm not growing, I'm not making enough money, I'm not doing my best, I'm not reaching my goals, I'm not happy, content, or joyful. I'm not an expert at anything. I'm not where I'm supposed to be. I'm not the person I want to be. Or more importantly, I'm not the person I could be. I'm falling short in everything except denial, bitterness, entertainment, and responsibilities. Can anyone relate? I've got abundance of everything that I don't want. Why am I falling short? Repentance isn't stop sinning. It's refocusing your routine on spiritual growth. I'll read it again. Repentance isn't stop sinning like I've ever been able to stop sinning. It's refocusing on your routine for spiritual growth. If you don't have the why, what and how are off the table. You need to refocus on your daily routine. I do. Nice little quote for all your note takers out there. Note taker. You don't rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your routine. Think about that. Wow. Matthew 6:22. Uh, Come on. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Let's have lunch. <laughs> Matthew 6:22. Uh, the eyes. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? And I read through all of this and I'm like, okay, this sounds like a lot of spiritual talk. Light and dark and bodies and lights and eyes and whatnot. But it isn't really sinking in. So we know we're dealing with symbolism here because eyes aren't lamps, right? (laughs) So, if you look at the symbolism, eyes are your understanding. Lamps and light is God's word. The body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's your spirituality. Now, let's just go back and reread this. Your understanding of God's word is your spirituality. If, you under, if your understanding is healthy, your spirituality will be full of God's word. But if your understanding is unhealthy, your your spirituality will not be full of God's word. If then God's word in your spirituality is not God's word, how great is the darkness? And that is really the trap of the devil, which is a half truth. You think you know what the Bible says. And you are living as if you know, but it's not true. How great is that darkness? Right? And we try to kind of uh, shove it off. Oh, it's just a blind spot. No, it's just like a, you're totally blind, dropped in a black hole. That's when you have a little bit of truth, but it isn't the truth. Wow. So you go, okay, well, how do I figure this out? Well, When you look at your current self, right, compared to a future self, now let's be realistic with the future self. I just did a a little uh, uh, scribbling of what I am right now. I'm unfit, I'm overweight, I actually gained two pounds. It was the Valentine's uh, strawberry tiramisu, and they so happened to have an extra large piece. (laughs) And I ate the whole thing two extra pounds. I didn't even get on the scale today to actually report. I looked at the scale and I'm like, ah, I know I'm overweight because this is a little tight again. Right. And you wonder why the older men, you know, unbutton everything. Yeah. Alfonso. <laughs> yep. I'm tired all the time. I'm not good at my job, and they know it too. And and you go, okay, is it all bad? No, I feel like I'm growing radically spiritually. I feel like I'm creating constantly, and I've achieved all my worldly goals. And I've actually lost them all and achieved them again. And it didn't make me any happier. So now I go, okay, what's my future self? From here, middle-aged, older man, already achieved everything. Come on, Dad. I want to be super strong and fit with energy. Come on. I want to live a balanced and peaceful life. I want to spend all my time creating. What's up with this work thing? They don't even <laughs> like me anyway. <laughs> they don't, you know. Yeah. I want to be good at what I do. I want to build another inspiring team. I think that's why God put me on the earth, is to build inspiring teams. I'm not doing that right now. I want to continue to learn, read, and grow. I want to be surrounded by best friends. And I want to pay off all my debt, which is just a noose tightened around my neck. This has been my future self for a long time. And you know what my current self has been? The same current self. I haven't broke out of this decade, maybe. How long have I been the current self? Long time. I can't remember not being the current self. And I've never been the future self. And then I'm like, oh, how do I close this gap? Why? Am I so blind to what is probably so obvious? I tweak this little routine. I tweak I've already tried all the goal stuff. It didn't work. I get I got them, I lost them, I got them again, I lost them. Still overweight. Still unfit. So so there is a critical blindness that I have. So you go, "Oh, Chad, just read the Bible." Right? B-I-L-B-L-E, whatever it is. <laughs> Basic instructions before leaving Earth, right? Basic instructions, you just read that and you're good. Well, I've been reading that for a couple years. Couple years. Couple years, and side note, uh, length, at church, does not equal spirituality. Do not be deceived. If somebody comes up on you and say, I got 20 years and listen, <laughs> go back to the Bible. The Bible isn't about dying. It's basic instructions before leaving earth. No, no, no. It's not baptism, you just wait for death. That's not how it's read. And that's not the reason for it. What's the point of that? Jesus didn't get baptized and die. No, there's a thousand days in between those two. Critical days. So if the word is living and active, what is it teaching me? Colossians 3.1. Uh, living as those made alive in Christ. Colossians 3.1. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things above. Where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. So could it be Bible is basic instructions before leaving your current earthly things? Well, that's a little bit different. Not just leave the earth, leave the earthly things. You're like, well, <laughs> I've worked so hard for this little set of earthly things I've got. It couldn't really mean that. Okay. For you died. Oh, so I guess the Bible isn't about after death, right? It's already, that's already figured out. And now your life is hidden in Christ. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. And yes, I have gotten hit with the lists of sins over and over again, and most of the time, they're just not relatable. Am I in evil desires and idolatry? I'm not sure. These are like old people words. <laughs> and they're like, idolatry, does that mean that I've got like a, you know, Mary statue in my house? I'm not exactly sure. Burn the little candle thing. Let me try to make it more relatable. Come on, Dad. So I don't know if you've ever heard this. I see it. I like it. I want it. I got it. I see it. I like it. I want it. I got it. I see it. I like it. I want it. Diego, could you put on the Ariana seven rings? Could you show that? No. No, no. Everyone got nervous immediately. I got like it. You know, like 20 seconds in. I'm like, oh right? Is there like the, uh, you know, and it's not like, you know, you can't even listen to the lyrics. Clean version. I think I play that at a few parties. Yeah, but yes. you, there's no clean uh, anything in that video. Yeah. I see it. I like it. I want it. I got it. That is awesome. Yeah. That's why 700 million people have watched that video this year, because yeah. it's relatable. Yeah. So you go, okay, what, what is all of the sin stuff? I see it. I like it. I want it. I got it. You're in some place in there. That's sin. Yeah. That's sin in 2020. Oh, yeah. And then you go, okay, well, that's why the name of the sermon is the seven deadly rinks. Oh. Right? Yeah. You see where I'm going here? <laughs> Trying to bring it around. Oh. So what are these uh, seven deadly rings? Well, they sound like exactly the same. Pride, greed, lust, envy, gluttony, wrath, and laziness. And I switched the last one, laziness, because sloth, who uses that? That's like a little creature that moves slowly. It doesn't make any sense. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Is a sloth lazy? I don't think so. They seem like they're doing their thing. Yeah. Slowness and lazy, that's different. (laughs) He's just paying attention. Critical eye. (laughs) Think it. I want it, I got 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 it. Every single thing. Same. So could it be that the Bible is your instruction manual for stepping beyond pleasure-seeking, beyond earthly things? Is it possible that every character, every story, every analogy, every symbol is about you? Could the Bible be about you in every aspect of your life, which you're going to do at any point? Stories about you and how you grow. Not stories about old people that died and they were so noble. No, a story about you and you can and we've done this and we always do it in the in the like the love scriptures yeah. we put our names but you can easily substitute your name for every biblical character right you feeling like a pharaoh today right job jonah Ecclesiastes 12:13 Ecclesiastes 12:13 Come on, dad. Now all has been heard. Here's the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including everything hidden, whether good or evil. Is he talking about your pleasure seeking here? That he has given you an instruction manual to step outside of that with the it's not even a veiled threat that he's judging you even the hidden things. It's kind of intimidating. I'm like Ugh. so you go okay. Fine. I don't make any decisions based on pleasure. Give me one thing you do that isn't. And you go, well, what about college? That's future pleasure. Yeah, Uh, yeah, see, goals, all future pleasures. Everything that you've done up to this point has a pleasure component to it. True. And the Bible is instructions for stepping out of it, right? For you personally to step out. And you go, okay, well, you know, uh, is, is this it? I, I just uh, read a couple of scriptures, step out of the pleasure deal, humanity, earthly things, and I'm good? Well, not necessarily. Because when you, if you're like a karate guy, or a judo guy, and you finally work your way up to a black belt, that's a serious dude. You do not want to push around the black belt dude, right? All of a sudden, it's gonna be like some, you know, random, you know, out of nowhere. When somebody gets their black belt, they're considered a serious student. So once you take your step, your first step, out of pleasure seeking, you are now a serious disciple. And you go, <laughs> where am I now? Right? I get it. Because I have been pleasure-seeking as a primary focus my entire life. Inside, outside Christianity, whatnot. I, I don't even know if I could say I'm a black belt in spirituality. Now, I'm just starting to notice the issue. God be the glory. So you go, okay. <sighs> I need a drink. Oh, oh. Is that pleasure? <laughs> yeah. A water? <laughs> yeah, what, what are you guys talking about? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Help me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I won it, I got it, I won it, I got it. Wow. Nobody be watching that video in here. (laughs) It's terrible. I had to just look up the lyrics. Even that was bad. Pride. There you go, Okay. Pride is a funny thing, because if you're, and here's a secret. People love secrets. If you don't know what to do in an argument with somebody, just say they're prideful. Because <laughs> what are they going to say to that? No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There you go. So if you're ever just arguing, discipleship time, somebody's coming after you, you don't want to deal, just go, you know, bro, I think you're being prideful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it just ends the conversation right there. <laughs> Except with me. Because you know what I'll say? Let's pray. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Come on. So now you can use that on people that aren't here. <laughs> Pride. The writing on the wall. Yeah. It's actually biblical. Let's turn our uh, uh, Bibles over to Daniel 5.17. Okay. So I'll set this up for you. some mystical, magical thing wrote on the wall. And no one knew what it said. But it freaked everyone out. And so they call Daniel in, who's a prophet, and in Daniel 5:17, 5:17. Then Daniel answered the king, "You may keep your gifts for yourself, and give your rewards to someone else. Nevertheless, I will read the writing for the king, and tell him what it means." And you go, okay. So now we have a prophet that was offered millions of dollars and prestige, the purple robe, and a seat at the table. And he said, give it to somebody else. Now, let's just see how deep in pleasure you are. All of you millionaires. Life without a care. Is this your goal? Is this the end state for you? Millions without a care? Secure retirement? Daniel said, keep it and I will tell you what it means. See the black beltness of this guy? He's like karate chopping all these yahoos. (laughs) And then you go, okay, well, what does this have to do with pride? Well, if you go back to 23B, it says, you praise the gods of silver and gold, of bronze, iron, wood, and stone, which cannot see or hear or understand, but you did not honor God who holds in his hands your life and all your ways. So Daniel sees it. He sees that the end goal of pleasure, the millions, the life without a care, is against God. It's pleasure-seeking, not God-seeking. And what was written on the wall? Well, it was, Mene, Mene, Tescal Parson. You go, okay, what does that mean? God has numbered your days. You are being judged by God. And your kingdom is divided. Pleasure-seeking, God-desiring. Not going to work out. And if you look, going back to my current self, it's a life of pleasure. It's a life where I wanted to be respected. It's a life of redemption, coming from nothing, broken marriages and dismissal. It's a life where I wanted a sense of worthiness, a secure retirement, And even though I've accomplished all of this, am I content? Am I happy? Am I fulfilled? No. It didn't work out. The pleasure thing is a dead end. And you go, okay, well, I'll think about it. What about laziness? Laziness is a dead end on purpose. And you go, what is God doing? Proverbs 29 or 1921. Proverbs 1921. And this scripture has haunted me for about 20 years. I was like, today I'm going to get to the bottom of it. Many are the plans of a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. What a person desires is unfailing love, better to be poor than a liar. The fear of the Lord leads to life. Then one rests content, untouched by trouble. A sluggard buries his hand in his dish. He will never even bring it back to his mouth. Right? And there's a lot here. So let's just work on this, scripture by scripture. Let's grapple with this. So it says, many are the plans in a person's heart, but the Lord's purpose prevails. So I have goals. I've got things that I'm going to do, things I'm going to accomplish. And you know what squishes all those? Pleasure seeking, right? Me laying on the couch, doing one more episode, right? And have you noticed they set every single episode on everything you watch on Netflix to have a, a, like a cliff ending? Yep. And then it's like, three, two, one, you're like, whew, all right. I don't even have to push the button, right? When it was like a six count, then you got we're like, eh, I gotta go to the bathroom. Now it's like three, two, one, ah, I'm back in, right? Thank God for pause. <laughs> right what a person desires is unfailing love better to be poor than a liar and this one's tripped me up until this morning so let's look at what a liar is revelations, uh, 21. Mm-hmm. revelations 21 8 revelations 21 8 because it's going to offer a little bit of clarity here But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those that practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all the liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. And I usually just kind of cut it off before the ant. Right, because I, 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 like, I don't feel like I'm a coward, unbelieving, vile murderer, sexually immoral, practicing the magic arts, idolater sort of guy, <laughs> right? Those are just kind of way out there, right? The worst of the worst, the total weirdness, really, if you're into any of these things, <laughs> awkward at least. But it says all the liars. So then you take that back up where it says better to be poor than a liar. Then it starts making sense because you're going to have to give up pleasure-seeking to be saved. And what is that going to translate into? Poverty. Let's be real. You're going to have to give up that stuff, earthly things, if you're going to want to start focusing on getting closer to God. And that's basically devastating. Because everything that I've done up to this point falls into the category of pleasure-seeking, which is the foundation of sin. Let me reread it for you. I see it. I like it. I want it. I got it. This is Isn't a little more real? The fear of the Lord leads to life. We're back in uh, Proverbs 19, 23. Okay. Then one rests content, untouched by trouble. And you go, so is it a promise that if I fear the Lord, which means I obey, which means I do what the Bible says, then I will rest content untouched by trouble. And you go, "Eh, it doesn't make any sense, I don't know. I've never been content untouched by trouble because I have never left pleasure seeking. And if you think about it, Maybe the first time ever, if you step out of pleasure seeking, you would rest content, wouldn't you? Yeah. That would be the first moment that you would go, it would be that eternal out breath, exhale. I no longer need to get stuff. It would be. I see it, I like it, I don't want it, I don't need it. Right? (sighs) changes everything. All my trouble comes from pleasure-seeking, all of it. And I'm not saying you won't have trouble. But it's no longer going to touch you if it's not the goal. So you lose everything. I've lost everything. A couple times now. House, front loading, washer dryers, cars. <laughs> everything. Stainless steel, you know, appliances. Soft water system? How are you doing? <laughs> right? All gone within like I don't know, seven months? I didn't even lose my job. All gone. Back into an apartment. And I was touched by trouble. And then a couple years later, I got it all back. Mine is the soft water thing. It was overrated and expensive. <laughs> they still, oh, you'll feel great in the shower. No, it doesn't. It's ridiculous. All right. What I, what I want to focus on is doing what God wants. And that means that I need to step that great divide, that that faithful step of obeying what the scriptures say and start leaving my earthly things behind. And that is actually, uh, there's consequences there of saying, okay, that perfect career I'm going to set that aside. The perfect house, set it aside. The new car, set it aside. Front-loading washing machine, set it aside. They leak after a while, so don't get them anyway. (laughs) Right? It's about taking those things that make you feel good and setting them aside. It's embracing poverty, which is like completely opposite of everything we think, and then doing that for God. Acts uh, seventeen twenty-seven. We're coming up on twelve. I got three. I gotta move along, I got three more pages. No. Acts seventeen twenty-seven. Mercy if it is. I'm gonna have myself another drink. Yeah, pure that all things are pure. God did this. So they would seek him and perhaps, and that is like the most important word in the Bible, reach out for him and find him, though he is not not far from any one of us. And you go, okay, well, what did he do? Right? He said he did all of these things that we're supposed to then reach out. Well, let's go and look at uh, Acts seventeen twenty four. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in a temple built by human hands. Amen. And he is not served by human hands as if he needs anything. So one, God created... That pleasure seeking in you. He created it. And you go, where did all this come from? Is that the world? Or is it just it put it in you? No, no, no. You deal with a two-year-old child and they want pleasure. It's in there. And why did he do such a thing? To take us off the track? No, because he knew it would fail and we would look for something else. And what is the one thing God isn't? A pleasure seeker. He doesn't need anything built by human hands. As if he needed anything. That's exactly the opposite of how we were born. We perhaps... Will reach out for him because of it. Salvation, right? Yeah. From our earthly things. Whoa. And the last one, if you haven't believed me yet, mm-hmm. Proverbs nineteen twenty-four. Come on. A sluggard buries his hand in his dish. He will not even bring it back to his mouth. You got to love God in this. So here is everything you ever desired in like an ultimate double whopper, right? The goals, the house, the children, the career, the prestige, the millions, the self-worth, Everything in a double whopper. Right? Because think about it, he put his hands in his dish. How hungry would you need to be to put your hands in the dish? Yeah. Not, not not he's you know cutting it up with a fork and knife and everything, nice and neat. How hungry would you have to be to stick your whole hands in? Yeah. And regardless, here's a person, just imagine, probably shaking, so hungry so desperate and never brings it back to be nourished. Mm. That's the story of my life. Is that the story of your life? Mm. Seeking all this pleasure and never being satisfied. Mm. Never being fulfilled. It's crazy. Never bringing it to his mouth, exclamation point. Page five, coming in for landing. Gap analysis, so we've got current you, which is current me, same decade me. Might be longer than that, how long has it been, baby? 20 year me? I don't know. 23 year me, wow, that's getting bad. At least I was baptized, and then it was just me from then on out, right? <laughs> Baptize me. Which means I'm kind of really slow on the uptake. Jesus got it done in 1,000 days, and I'm like 23 years later, and I still don't get it. Uh-oh. What is preventing me from being my future self? Is it pride, the writing on the wall? which is an inability to give away my security, all of my earthly stuff? Is it laziness, where all I do is try to feed myself on empty calories, stuff that I want, seven deadly rings? Well, God gives us a plan. Remember how the Bible is about you now? You living now? Let's turn over to Matthew, 29, or Matthew 12, 38. The sign of Jonah. Which the irony of the Jonah story is the one we teach our kids. We don't even really bring it up that much. People struggle with the uh, getting swallowed by, is it a fish or a whale? I think it says fish. Yeah. In the original language, uh, uh, fish is like, like a half character off of death, oh, wow. right? So those people that, that spoke the original language would see the analogy of getting swallowed by death. Yeah. Matthew, uh, that was free. Matthew uh, uh, 20 or, or 12, 38. Then some of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law said to him, teachers, we want to see a sign from you. Now, would you stop pleasure-seeking if somebody showed you a miracle on command? Like I poofed my son right here on stage. I well, think you guys would probably freak out, like, you know, Daniel and all those people. Yeah. You know? I turned myself like 80 and then 14 and then back. Yeah. right? It would be a total freak out. You guys would just run for it, maybe. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but these people wanted to see something like that. Something that was unequivocal proof that leaving pleasure for God would be worth it. And he answered them. A wicked and adulterous generation asks for a sign, but none will be given except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And you go, wait a minute, we've been talking about earthly desires. Could it be That Jesus was three days and three nights in earthly desires, which is our pleasure-seeking, which is the foundation of all sin for humanity. Oh, I seem to remember that he did what he did for the sins of the world. He spent three days in the heart of the earth for you. Then he gave the new covenant. And you go, okay, this is deep. I know. So how can we break through this blind spot? How can we go from knowing we're pleasure seekers, knowing the Bible is the instruction manual for us personally to take that first step towards God well we're going to have to deal with our blind spots and you go well that's like mission impossible because I'm not just a blind spot I am totally blind in a black hole when it comes from me going from my current self to my future self if I knew how to do it I would have got it done a long time ago but I haven't which means that I have blind spots So how do I move forward? Well, I have the Bible, and I have the church, and I have discipleship. And the first thing that you will notice in discipleship is they can talk about your blind spots all day long. They're confident about it. I mean, even when I was talking with Fred, I was like, your blind spot is so obvious right? And he's just sitting there. Not that I'm so special, right? So insightful. No, other people's blind spots are totally obvious. Yeah. Totally obvious. You're like, oh, God, I'm glad I don't have that blind spot, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, woo, that's a big one. But do we listen and change? Do we go, please, God, everyone, see everything that's wrong with me and tell me And don't let me just brush it off. Ask me what I just said. That could help change who you are. That can help you walk towards your future self. Remember that that initial list? Instead of not spiritual, not healthy, not self-controlled, not growing, not making enough money, not doing my best, not reaching my goals, not happy, content, joyful, not an expert at anything. If we just listen to what people are saying, then we can turn it from that to spiritual, healthy, self-controlled, growing, making enough money, doing my best, reaching my goals, happy, content, joyful, expert. Who doesn't want to be an expert? Doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Becoming the person I want to become. Amen. Last scripture. Woo, I'm over. <laughs> <laughs> what does God want? What does he want? He's put us in this impossible situation. Not only has he created us, but he's given us pleasure. Right? All we do is pleasure seek. And you go, what? is this just the biggest joke on earth? No, no, no. He has to do this so we grow. God wants us to grow. And he, He doesn't want us to grow in millions. He wants us to grow closer to Him. And He had to set it up this way. I'm not smart enough to understand why, but this is what's happening. God knit us, and as part of that knitting, put pleasure-seeking in us, and gave us the Bible and said, figure it on out, little guy. (laughs) I'm right here. Right? We had to earn it. We had to do stuff, even though he is near. Last scripture. I'll tell you the scripture at the end. (laughs) I'm going to throw you off. Therefore, rid yourself of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy and slander of every kind like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up you may may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the lord is good and he is the good that does good. Yeah. First Peter two one through three. And with that, God be the glory. Amen.